we want to introduce you to our newest partner here in the fish tank. Yes, Planet Protein, a South Florida plant-based nutrition company providing rapid-fire nutrition for tough times in our lives. Featuring peanut butter cup, cherry Ooh. almond fudge, and the incredible chocolate magic protein shake mix juice, Planet Protein is the one-stop solution to keep your day going. Yeah, whether you're suiting up for Sunday. Now, you know something about that, don't yeah, you, Juice? Just a little bit, or you know, watching from home. I know about that. A lot about that, right? <laughs> Too much. Everyone has a need for quick, delicious, and nutrient dense solutions for go time and each product is packed with 20 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods to amplify your place in the game of life and guess what juice we've got a great deal for our listeners use the code fish tank that's all capital letters all one word fish tank and receive 20 percent off all purchases at planetprotein.com and also check them out on instagram at planet underscore protein you're now diving into the fish tank Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I've been that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Seth Levitt here with OJ McDuffie. Juice, how are we doing today? Hey, what's up, Big Seth? Well, there's a lot going on, Juice. We're here in Orlando. Yes. Yeah, got a little bit outside of the Fish Tank studios at the amazing Youth Automotive Training Center event they do here every year. Uh, Jim Moran started this years ago, and it's the last one, which yeah. is hard to believe. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I know one of the things you love about this event and that I love is getting to see guys we don't get to see all the time. That's right, man. It is. There are a lot of really good guys that come in and support the uh, the effort every single every single year. And it is unfortunate it's, it's the last year. But because of what they've done, the Youth Automotive Training Center is going to be able to continue for the next twenty five to forty years. It's incredible because of the the money they've made and, and they've um, you know and, and they they produce and all the celebrities come in and contribute to it. It's been a, it's always been a fun time, but always for a great cause. Definitely for a great cause and definitely great celebrities, including the guy who just sat down here with us, guy that we haven't seen in a while since he moved back north, former teammate of yours, yes. Keith Byers. Welcome to the fish tank, man. Good to be here. I'm in the fish tank, so I think I probably need to, I can't swim, so I got my, I got <laughs> I my life swim. jacket on. Well, we need to I got a life jacket on. <laughs> you might need a life jacket on. He's got these big paw, these big bear claws, so I'm sure he'll figure it I'm out once I get things, in man. there. Man. My God. One, of, yeah. one of the first things you notice about KB is that the midsize, we talk about that a lot with athletes, man, but his mitt. We just played his grip game, Seth. Yeah, I was just, just took the words I mean? right out of my mouth. We played Play his it. grip game, and I could beat everybody on our team with his grip game, so each, each one so of us gets one end of the football. Okay. NFL football, NFL size football, usually fatter than some of the other ones you play with, and I was really comfortable. And you comfortable. can't twist it. Cannot twist. Okay. Comfortable with my grip, because I knew I had a, a hell of a grip. Hey, you got some paws, too. I got now. some mitts for a little guy, right? And so what you do is each person gets one hand on one side of the football, can't twist, and you can't grab the laces. So it's just like a tug of war Straight with the back. Ball. Straight back. And you look over when you're going against Keith, and you got a fully inflated ball, not a Tom Brady ball. <laughs> you got a fully inflated football, and you see this dent that his thumb is putting into the football because it's so strong, man. It's like, yeah. Look at those like, things, how, how, do you, how do you beat that? You can't, you can't win. Listen, I'll let you get the grip. I'll let you get your grip. Because I don't, you know, like, get your oh, grip. You get all set up. Yeah, I'll let you get comfortable you get your hands on i said you ready then i just put my hand on you pull it and just pull, pull the ball right, right out. out of your hand ball like, kinda, wait a minute yeah the ball kind of disappears still you know you really can't see it he's got half the ball covered up when he when he does those that. things are ridiculous and we have been you know we've had og we had a ronde gadsden yeah. in the tank we just had marty booker last yeah. week your hands are no slouch 
I, of course, you know, these yeah, things are embarrassing. Yeah, I hide, yeah, off, hide his hands, got off his hands. Good off his hands. Yeah, they're off his hands. It's, it's really horrible. It's embarrassing. <laughs> but those damn things. I, I've been, it's, it's a blessing. I, I, you know, that's part of one of the secrets to my success of catching the football, you know, out of backfield. I always had good hands. Yeah. You know, big hands. And most people's hands are short and stubby or long and skinny. Yeah. Mine you are long. You got all that. You got all that. All that. All that. You're not really both. God, What size gloves did you wear, Keith? Well, I didn't wear gloves. Oh, you know, I only, oh, only oh, wear gloves for practice. Old right. school. I'm right. old school. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm old school. school a little but, tape on the wrist. And but my golf gloves is a 3X. Can you even, I was going to say, those golf gloves. It's a 3X. Gloves. I usually sport special order. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to go into the pro shop and get an XL or a 2X. I'm like, man, I'm going to rip this <laughs> rip. right now. First, first, first tug is going to rip. <laughs> that yeah. soft leather, too, man. They, yeah. Those things don't Got to buy those things in bulk, Seth. Buy them in bulk. Go to Amazon and just stock up on them. So, no, when you show up to the golf tournament today and they have you pass out, you get your bag and you get the golf balls, do you just grab like six gloves? Something like that. Make them work. Make them work. Yeah. Too funny. How'd you hit them today? Often. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I didn't play well today. My team did okay. You know, they won't be calling our name uh, at, at the banquet as far as being winners. <laughs> no. Not today, but we had a lot good, a lot of fun. Well, good. Told stories out there, you know, on the golf course. And the next thing you know, time was just going by in a hurry. Well, I'm glad they warmed you up to tell stories because that's what we're here for. That's what it's all about <laughs> here. Keith. We don't talk a lot about X and O's or, you know, how the team is doing. We talk about some of the fun stuff that happened along the way. Some of the teams you're with, especially with the Dolphins, a lot of, lot of Dolphin talk. But, yeah, it's not about X and O. It's about some of the anecdotes and what you miss about the locker room and some things that actually wow. happen, you know, <laughs> in the locker room, on the road, in a game. So it's been it's been a lot of fun doing things like that. So I'm going to start it off, Seth. You know, Keith's an Ohio guy. You know, he's a, he's a Dayton, well Ohio guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a Dayton, Ohio dude, man. And uh, me being a huge Buckeye fan growing up, I was a huge Keith Byers fan. Uh, he ended up going to Ohio State because they had the great Earl Bruce there. Yep. I would have gone there too if Earl Bruce hadn't gotten fired at you know my senior year and they no hired kidding. John Cooper. But I loved Earl Bruce and Keith was one of the one of the main guys at back in that backfield, you know, doing big things for Earl. How was it, how first of all, how was it playing for Coach Bruce? Oh, it was a, well, it was a dream come true to yeah. play at Ohio State and to be able to play for Coach Bruce, who replaced the legend, you know, and at that time the living legend of Woody Hayes. Yeah, uh, you know, Woody Hayes was uh, it's hard to follow a legend. Period. You know, it's like they we're still looking for somebody, to, you know, to replace Coach Don Shula. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody's really wore that mantle when we were like, and, and, and taking over the, the Dolphin organization, you know, on his own. But when, uh, you know, my college years, I grew up, you know, even before college, wanting to play at Ohio State and wanted to play for Woody Hayes. And then he's no longer the coach. Uh, but I got to play for another great coach who was right. a disciple of, uh, of Woody Hayes. And that was Earl Bruce. And Earl Bruce was, you know, uh, just a mini version of, uh, Woody Hayes. And, you know, that was, a, it was a pleasure, you know, to play for him. And Woody Hayes would show up at practice. You know, that was cool. Right. I Whenever bet. he showed up at practice and, He's always, you know, he'd come and watch practice. And you know, he'd give uh, Earl Bruce a look and be like, I feel like I want to say a couple words to the right. team. And then practice <laughs> yeah. would stop. That's it. <laughs> you know, whether that was the beginning of practice, middle of practice, whenever, end of, he, whenever there, he wanted to talk, he, wanted to talk, talk. he would start I, talking. I he would it. like, hey, we blow the whistle. The whole team would come up, take a knee. And uh, Coach Hayes, all his speeches started off with, I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> I just want to just share a few words with you guys. And that could be 10 minutes. It could be 20 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. Really, yeah. whatever. Whatever he wanted, he wanted. Yeah. you know, but he's dropping pearls of wisdom on you. Sitting there soaking it all in, but most of the time, we like those speeches to come at the at end, the end of, practice. of practice and just just take it in after that. Yeah, right? then, well, <laughs> practice will resume. There right. was no practice schedule. Right, right. You know, but you know, if he comes in the first 20, 30 minutes of practice and he talks twenty minutes. Practice, we're gonna resume. Still have two hours minutes. left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still got plenty of practice left. Everybody's tight. You know, like, coach, we got to stretch all over again now. Seth, I give Keith a hard time all the time because 
like I said, I grew up a Buckeye fan. You watch them on Saturday. Every game was on Saturday growing up, no matter what. Saturday yep. at noon or maybe sometime about 7 o'clock, but never like No, we never played no night prime, at 3.30. No prime time. Or 3.30 noon. maybe, exactly right. And I was, and then as Buckeye fans, you woke up on Sunday morning and watched it again because it was broadcast yeah. throughout the whole state again. But I always mess with Keith about, you know, watching. I think I always want to say it's Illinois. Maybe Keith can correct me, but Keith ran out of his shoe. Illinois. He ran out of his shoe one time, right? And he's going down the sideline. All you see is his sock flopping. <laughs> one shoe on and a sock, man. I'm like, I, I just came out there like yeah. it was yesterday, man. Yeah, he was riding yes. out, man. Oh, man. My mother was so happy that Saturday afternoon. I didn't have any holes in my socks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't embarrass me. Right. <laughs> no, why? Got some fresh you know. socks on. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes, so speaking indeed. of, you know, we talked about the size of your hands and, and just talked about you running the rock. Were you always a ball carrier? I mean, usually I would think guys your size, they try and put you somewhere else. Yeah, believe it or not, no. When I, I didn't start playing organized football till late, you know. Uh, what, what, what did you consider late? Seventh grade. You know, in, in Ohio, especially part of in Ohio. Ohio, that's up, late, right? That's late. That's late. Yeah. You know, yeah. I had two older brothers that they played basketball and baseball, and so did I. And football was the last organized sport I played. You know, I said organized, not the first, but you could play football in Ohio at that time in the fourth and fifth and sixth grade. Got it. You know, with your local uh, like like elementary Warner school. Yeah. Oh, for the school. Right. Like in, like in your district that you lived in. Okay. And um, at the time, I was living in a, in a, in a district called, you know, Trotwood, they, the high school. And they would play on Sunday afternoons. And my parents wouldn't let me play. I had to go to church, number ah, one. Ah, okay. And number two, that my mom didn't want me to play football. And I had to, I grew up in a household, two parents. Whatever you ask one parent to question, it was the answer was for both. And so when I'm in fourth grade, I asked my mother, could I play football? She said no. And I, so I couldn't go ask my dad. Should ask your dad yeah, first. I I, I, <laughs> but I did, but right. I got to fifth grade. Ah. And so in fifth grade, I asked my father, could I play football? He said, I don't care. Go ask your mom. Make sure it's okay. Uh, That's right. not the answer, no, Dad. Not <laughs> <laughs> I tried that. I waited a year to get that. I waited a whole up. year. And so <laughs> my mother said no again. So when I'm in sixth grade, I get them both together, and I'm kind of like heavy toward my father. Dad, it's okay if I play football. Is you right? But y'all just, I got a permission slip for y'all. Question, to, like yes. It. Right, right. Before he can get the words out of his mouth, she had a no. I was like, wow. And now doing those three years – of uh, you know, I'm catching you know hell at school. You know, especially on Fridays, oh, yeah. guys got their football jerseys on because the game this weekend, and everybody's got their football jerseys on except me. Except you. Now, how were you? Were you one of the bigger kids? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, so, so you I'm definitely were catching been, hell. Yes. So, uh, but I was telling him, you know, the guy like, man, he's this dude. He, you know, uh, different kids. Uh, this uh, this guy, heck of a running back. He's a linebacker, and they was like, well, Keith, you don't play. I'm like, I'm better than all of y'all. Uh, you've been cheering on the team. I do. I school y'all every every day. We recess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those days we could play tackle and recess. Yeah, Teachers like, that. go out there and do it. That ain't the same. That ain't the same. Uh, yes, it is. It's worse. And we, I put some t- shoulder pads on. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't until I got to seventh grade when I finally officially got to play organized football because we didn't need a permission slip. Mm. So, you know, just when I was in junior wow. high. How's that even possible? Right. How, yeah. I just can you, you imagine know, that? I just I came home. I steady sign permission slips <laughs> for my kids. That's all I do. Yeah. For everything. For everything. <laughs> So they didn't let me play. My you, mother said, wait a minute, how are you on the football team? I didn't sign no permission. Well, you don't need one. Why? Well, I said, well, you always taught me I couldn't quit. Yeah. Right. Oh. 
Right. So the image of my father was on the corner laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd she say? She just look at you? Yeah, she said, okay. <laughs> and next thing you know, she's at my football games because they always supported me with all my sports. And uh, she was like, it was that tell mother, where, she was, where's he at? So she waited to, you know, scream, you know, yell whenever I would get the ball. But, but going back to your earlier question, I was playing tight end my first in seventh grade. That I could see. Because fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, the coaches already knew who's the running backs, who's the quarterback. But now here's this guy coming to seventh grade. We don't know you, you know. But stick you at the tight end. Right. And I said, I'm not playing line. You're not putting me in guard, <laughs> tackle. Yeah. I need to have a ball. And right. so they put me a tight end. And so they would throw me some balls every once in a while. Whenever I got the ball, magic happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they no wouldn't have it. it. No doubt. And you had, you went from a great high school career. Obviously, we talked a little bit about your college career. You finished second in the Heisman. How'd you feel losing? Not losing. Feeling second well, they, to, to no Doug Flutie. No losing no, when, you make, no, when you get yes. to that point. So Flutie, Flutie, Flutie beat you out? Nobody beat me That's out. That's right. I knew it. <laughs> nobody beat me out Flutie there. Flutie was giving me I didn't award. lose the award, and nobody won. They gave it. Got right. it. They gave it one out. They gave it to Doug Flutie. And that's another reason why I, I love the Miami Dolphins. Diehard Dolphin fan. Grew up watching the 72 team, Shula. Was fortunate to get to play to the, with the Dolphins. But I hate the Hurricanes. As much as I love the Dolphins, <laughs> I hate the Miami Hurricanes. They cost one play. That one play. Yes. <laughs> Knock the damn ball down. Not Daryl Fulton. You know. Oh, you still wow. talk to D. Fool, I know. Too. God rest his soul, my ex-teammate Jerome Brown. I used to tell Jerome all the time, out of all them sacks you had at the Miami, at the U, you decided to take that playoff. <laughs> That's the one play you took. You, you, you took that playoff. Yeah, so I, ever since that, ever since the he, uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony in 1984, I have not watched the Heisman ceremony anymore. No, oh, I won't watch it. I won't Damn watch man. it. Well, I'm glad I to see you're it. not carrying that with you anymore. Yes. Right. And every time I see Doug, I always ask him to keep my trophy clean. Yeah, right. So I never, I never admit defeat. I didn't, so nobody wanted. They just gave it to him. They gave it year. to him. You know, yes. he's just been I mean, keeping it hot, keeping it warm. Keeping it warm. That's all. It's like both far. It's keeping it hot. Yeah, just keeping it over there. Well, listen, that's a nice award. But have you ever seen it? The, the old film, of they're calling Doug Flutie's name. I'm the last person to, to get up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was like I was like, you didn't call my name? Are you kidding me? I know. And it was when I, I gave a golf clap. That was right, it. That right. slow clap. That was it. You were kind of happy. <laughs> yes, for him, right? exactly. <laughs> well, you guys got to the pros, and we figured out who made the better pro. Yes. Okay. No yes. doubt about so it. So there's got to be some sort of uh, mm. redeeming quality. No, okay. and I think, and I think <laughs> but I want still want watch. I think high school prepared Keith for the pros as well. You know, talk about it. Keith's one of those guys that played tight end, tailback, fullback, H back, <laughs> slot receiver. receiver. <laughs> he, he did it all, man. That's crazy. You know what I mean? That's it. He was you know so well rounded, and for a big guy to be able to move that way, right? You got to thank your you know your junior oh, yeah. high high school guys that got you that tight but, end originally. But, and then, yes, and I mean, and I, I played tight end seventh through tenth grade, and it wasn't until my junior year in high school, we were running some sprints at the beginning of practice. And, you know, we were running 40s. And my high school coach, I, I ran like a 4-5. And he was like, that's too much speed on my <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> right. I said, Coach, we had the biggest offensive line in the city. He was like, damn that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Get your butt in the line. He said, my number was 84 at the time. He said, what's your number, son? I said, 84. No, it ain't. <laughs> Get another number. I'm like, Coach, I don't, I'm don't. i not playing running back. I'm playing tight end. Wow. Son, you either going to play running back or you ain't playing at all. Oh, man. So Force it to the position. Yeah. So, and we are, we had a good fullback at my high school. We ran I-formation, and I was like, and he was a returning senior. So, my junior year, they put me in the backfield at number 44. <laughs> so, I did 84. I made 44, and I just tore it up from there. <laughs> so, we had 2,000-yard rushers. and Damn. Did uh, you ever go back and thank the coach for making that Oh, decision? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I told him. Uh, you know, we, I still see him all the time. 
is good old, he was a good old country boy from, he went to, from Alabama and went to Alabama A&M and, uh, he's the one to move me to running back. And, uh, I mean, to put me a tailback at, as a junior and I never looked back. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, well, clearly he, yeah. he knew something. He did. He definitely he knew did. something. And so I enjoy, I enjoy toting that mill. And so then after that college career, you get drafted in the first round by the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Yes. Super Bowl champs. That was until a- February. We'll see what's up, but, right, right. but right now they're still the Super Bowl champs. They are the defending Super Bowl champs, but that team that you were on, I mean, think about the guys, obviously another former Dolphin as well with Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. Mm-hmm. Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. You mentioned Jerome Brown. Reggie White. Uh, I mean, oh my God. Defense itself. That, 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 I mean, that, that defense, you know, you built teams differently back in those days than you do now because we didn't really have free agency. So we really had to build through the draft and, uh, really, we didn't even have free agency. He brought us free agency, didn't he? Yes, yes, yes. And so, uh, that, that was a special team. And I was always talk about all of us getting drafted to, or, you know, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love and we are like brothers. We really were. I mean, we were that close. Well, poetry that from unit. Keith Byers. Yes, right, I, I'm right. serious. I mean, yeah, Reggie White was our leader, you know, on that side. Jerome Brown, Clyde Simmons, uh, Seth Joyner, Andre Waters. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's man. just on defense. And offense, you know, we had myself, of course, Randall Cunningham, Keith Jackson, Chris Carter was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, met Ron Heller, ex Miami Dolphin also. Yep. I was our, our off- offensive tackle. But we, we, we're a special unit. <laughs> and those guys. Team, man. Yeah. I mean, and we, we, during those days, especially in the NFC East from 86 to 92, that's where the Super Bowl champion came out, say, for a couple years of San Francisco 49ers. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so in those years, we would beat the Giants. The Giants would beat the Redskins. The Redskins would beat, beat the, the Eagles. And, and both of us would beat the Everybody that dogged out the Cowboys <laughs> and the Cardinals. That's right. The Cardinals got the yeah, Cardinals yeah, part of that crew. St. Louis Phoenix Cardinals. Which Arizona is crazy. Cardinals. Yeah. Well, they had to travel from Arizona every week to go play with you guys. Yeah, come take a lick. Right. Right, but right, oh right. man, That's but nuts. Arizona, you would watch them on tape and somebody beat them by ten or fourteen points. And yeah, man, they ain't got nothing this year. But then they play their NFC East opponents, it's just different. They're like, Man, what happened to y'all? Right. Y'all playing yeah, those division rivalries fights. back right. then were twice were a year. Special. So talk about you know, again, you name some of those guys on defense and with Reggie White and Jerome Talk about that as a fullback. You know, we know you carried the rock a lot and you caught the rock a lot, but you know, you, you had to go against those guys in practice. In practice, yeah. What was that like? Not fun. <laughs> right. Not fun, especially uh, training camp was when we really had to go against them. And, and Buddy Ryan, Buddy I mean, Ryan, yes, his, sir. his training camps were the worst <laughs> in the whole NFL. And <laughs> when I got to Miami, I thought Shula's training camps were tough, but I'm like, no, they're nowhere near of what everybody was you're like, man, wait till you go through Coach Shula's training camp. No, it's, it was, I don't call it easy, but <laughs> it was easier or, compared right. to Philadelphia. Wow. I mean, we would do this drill in, uh, in Philadelphia. Like middle drill called nine on seven. Like we we're not going to pass the ball, just all running plays, and we would it'd be a fifteen play script, ones on ones, and then twos on twos. So we got to go against Reggie White, right? Like, Every play. Can we go ones against two defense? <laughs> no. And the whole thing's within the tackles. And so you between the twack tackles between the tackles. So you got to really light them up. And Buddy, instead of him saying, "Okay, the ones on ones, y'all take a play and then take a cut plays off and then let the def- the twos going in," he would have two. There were two drills going simultaneously. Right. No kidding. So here's the ones the on ones on your left. <laughs> Bang. Now, as soon as you're getting up off the ground, they're breaking the huddle for the twos on two. Bang. It's like rapid fire. You ain't getting no wow. rest. And, and we uh, know where like, he, uh, he might have favored one side over the other now, buddy. Oh, he definitely favored yeah. the defense. All, all day, I would right? think so. But he really favored toughness more so Sounds than, right. you know, of course the defense got to be tough. But if you played offense and you was a tough guy, you was a Buddy Ryan guy. And if you weren't tough, you weren't going to be there too long. I mean, it's just how it was. I mean, he would – I mean. 
literally, I do mean literally cut guys during the middle of practice. No kidding. Yeah. Yes. I mean, not after practice and next thing you know, the Turk going to come, you know, uh, cut you later on that night or, you know, next morning you're cut. Buddy will cut you right Just get then. your ass out of here right or you're now. done. I mean, we had this run running back. He was kind of scary and didn't know his offense very well. And we called a running play. It's a bad combination. No, it was a pass play. And he thought he was getting the ball, and he ran in Randall. And so it was a big collision in the backfield. He take he about to take out our starting quarterback. Boy, uh, Buddy Ryan, he yells over to the uh, player personnel director, guy named Joe Wood. (laughs) Joe, process him now. Process him. What? He's got stomach problems. (laughs) He's got no guts. Get him out of here. Wow. Get him off my feet. I'm tired of looking at him. Wow. And he was like, he's serious, dude. They trainer. Hey, they, come on, man. Let's walk you. They walked him right off the field. Right in the middle of practice doing two of The rest of you guys just look over your shoulder like, and get okay, back in the hole. Man, yeah. oh, man. But that, hey, your ass will be playing right then. Yeah, won't exactly. You? You'll, you'll get your things right at that point. Mm-hmm. So that could happen to you. Yeah, wow. I mean, man, oh, man. Yeah, he said processing. He's got stomach problems. Like, stomach He's got no guts. <laughs> <laughs> got Where's no he going guts. with this one? Yeah. 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 This week on the Five Reasons Podcast, we put out four new episodes with John Krasinski on the Jimmy Butler Miami Heat Trade Talks. There are people within the Wolves organization that think the Heat were as responsible for that falling apart as the Wolves were. With Tom Haberser on the NBA. I was introducing Eric Spolster, the coach of the Miami Heat, and I say, hey, Eric, this is uh, my boss, John. John, this is Eric. And Ira walks by and goes, oh, congrats on your new job, Tom. Another one? (laughs) What, next week? Next week you're going to have another one? With former Dolphins quarterback Sage Rosenfels on his post-playing political work. Well, after I retired, I counted how much money I had. I knew what my budget was, and at one point I realized I had you money, and I didn't give a what people thought about what my politics were. And on the Dolphins' win over the Jets. It is the worst offense in Dolphin history. They had guys named Dick Wood playing quarterback <laughs> before Greasy got here. Literally, his name is Dick Wood. Look it up. He's not, that's he's all, he's that's he's not true. Catch this and much more on the Five Reasons podcast available in the same places you're listening to this podcast. So, Keith, I mean, I love the, the Philly talk and how you, you had a, a great career in Philadelphia. I think, I mean, you probably admit it too. That's one of the better teams that never achieved the ultimate oh, goal. No question. Any team I've probably seen in the NFL. None. I mean, and like I, I said earlier, it takes a while to build a team during those years. And the year that they fired Buddy Ryan after the 1990 season, we lost to the uh, Washington Redskins in the playoffs. And the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl that year. You, Buddy Ryan left his notes on the draft because we had everything. We had defense. We had offensive skill position, but we had no offensive, offensive line. line. And that summer, we were trying to make a trade for Jim Lachey from the San Diego Chargers to come to Philadelphia because he played with me at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was one of my, he was one of my uh, tackles in, in college. And Buddy had me. And so Jim was ready to come. But our owner at the time, Norman Brayman, didn't want to make, didn't want to spend the money and didn't want to bring him in. So we didn't get him. And there was a linebacker that was a free agent that year that was trying to, you know, he wasn't happy where he was. He wanted to come back and play with Buddy by the name of Wilbur Marshall. Both of those guys go to the Washington Redskins. <laughs> Wilbur had a decent <laughs> In our division, yeah. Yeah, we, missed both, we missed a great offensive line and another linebacker. And then the Redskins win the Super Bowl in 1991. Wow. But in his draft notes, he was going to draft for the 1991 draft an offensive tackle at a Central State University by the name of uh, Williams, the Cowboys drafted. What's his name, Eric Williams? Eric Williams, Eric Williams. Yeah. That's who we were going to draft. Wow. But no, we right. decided to trade with Richie Kotite come in. He wants Antone Davis out of Tennessee. It was you probably last saying him on the 
Biggest Loser on NBC. <laughs> That's not right. Yes. Is that true? I didn't. Yes. And so I'm like, Fine there's an offensive lineman. There's a Super Bowl. And then that 1991 season, after they fired Buddy Ryan, our defense went out. We went we went 10 and 6 that year, barely missed the playoffs on every conceivable tiebreaker. It went down to like the sixth or seventh tiebreaker, and we lost to that that tiebreaker. And the Cowboys went to the playoffs instead of us. We went 10 and 6. But our defense, even to this day, nobody has had the number one defense in all three major categories. They were number one against the pass, number one against the run, and number one against total defense. No defense in the NFL has matched those numbers since 1991. So they talk about the Ravens defense, they weren't better than that 1991 Eagles defense. Right. And Bears, so on, 85 Bears? Well, they were pretty good. Well, they were, no, no, I'm talking about this was 1991. Oh, gotcha. I'm saying okay. since 1991. Got it, gotcha. got it, got it. Nobody got has. It. That's the last time a defense put up number one. And meanwhile, 85 Bears were also a Buddy Ryan-led team, so exactly. I, I see where right. you're going yes. with it. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, so I know we're going to get into some Dolphins talk, Juice, but I have one last question I wanted to ask about the Eagles. There's got to be, and, and you, you hinted at it, how it wasn't fun to go against Reggie and Drone. Tell us your best. We saw what those guys did on the field. But in practice, or, or maybe in the locker room, tell us your best Reggie White or Jerome Brown story. <laughs> what? That's, how much time we got? No, <laughs> no <laughs> but a couple you, of them. But, but one of them, this is Reggie White. And we're in practice, and, you know, we're doing one-on-one drills. So the running backs are going against the linebackers, and uh, wide receivers and DBs are going against each other, and the offensive linemen are doing one-on-one pass rush drills against each other. Well, our uh, center, he's like Reggie White lines up over our center by the name of Dave Alexander. And... <laughs> They snap the ball, and Reggie White bull rushes him. You know, oh. just doesn't switch, just run him over. So Dave, you know, Alexander, he's, you know, trying to block Reggie. And as Reggie's running him over and putting him on his back, and Dave yells out, I knew you was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, if you knew he was going to bull rush you, just, you know, make him. Get... <laughs> hey, Reggie, I knew you was going to do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. You wouldn't. You, you would think would if you knew the ball you, exactly. He's like, oh, I got Reggie White. He's about oh, to run me over. <laughs> He's falling down. I knew you were going to do that. I wonder why he said it. Like, was that, that's the only thing you could hold on to that at that's least he it. knew it was coming? He knew it was right. coming. I couldn't stop it, but I knew I it knew was coming. I knew it was coming. coming. I'm like, oh, Dave, that's not good luck. That Reggie probably bad. did that to a lot of guys. Yes, he did. I mean, I, you can know it's coming, but... Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah, he's done I'm it. on the train. I'm on the track. Two arms, one or two arms. Reggie's done it. Did it his whole career. He was unbelievable. just unbelievably yes. strong. Oh my gosh, he's talented man. That had be, you know, and that that makes your team better. It does. You know, it makes your team a lot better, man. And I know playing that NFC East. I mean, back then it was the by far the top. Oh, it was conference division. In football. In all football at that yeah. time. You, you you had to be tough. But let me tell you another, before I tell you a Jerome Brown story, I'm going to tell you another Reggie White story. This is a locker room story. Reggie used to love WWF, really? you know, fighting, you know, wrestling. He used to, he, used to, he could imitate so Seth, by the way. all those guys. He could do, yeah. the macho he man would do the, the Macho Man was one of his favorite guys. <laughs> you, you know, he, that was, he would love that, Hulk Hogan, you name it. That's hilarious. And so Reggie used to come in the locker room and he used to like to pick on the running backs or the defensive backs. We were his like, you know, uh, block, you know, his uh, practice dummies. <laughs> I mean, he come put you in a sleeper hold and, you know. Oh, for wrestling moves, not for wrestling football, moves. But yeah, wrestling. I mean, and some days you don't feel like playing. You know, yeah. I, do someday, I, anyway, I don't feel like playing today, Reggie. Especially not with the biggest guy right. in the room. Yes, but Reggie don't care how you feel. <laughs> right. If he feels like putting on a wrestling move on you, so be it. You're about to get choked out. You're about out. to get choked out, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so, I mean, you just had to deal with that. So one particular Saturday morning, you know, day day before the game, you know, uh, everybody brings in, you know, your suit or tie, you know, you're about to go on the road. So you're carrying your, you know, your, you know, got your garment bag or whatever. So me and 
one of my ex-teammates, running back by the name Anthony Tony, we had planned. We said, man, we tired of Reggie acting like we was a bunch of little kids, man. And just <laughs> ride down. He said, tomorrow when he come in here, man, we just going to just jump that big joker. Let him see what it feel like. Cool. So we always got to work before Reggie. So here come Reggie, like walking to the locker room just a regular Saturday morning for the game. And me and Anthony Tony, we jumped him. He's got his luggage and stuff, and we got him down on the ground. In his suit. In his suit. No, we don't care. <laughs> And so Red, get, get off me, but don't play. No, I see, now you see how I feel. We, you know, get, stop, get up, look on me. No. And then this, that's when I figured out how strong this man really, really was. I mean, he hooked out on you, didn't he? He did. He, he reversed on the ground. Me and Anthony Tony. He's got me in one arm and Anthony Tony in the other. I'm a grown man yeah. in the shape of my life. And I cannot get low. Now he starts laughing. Oh, no, no. I can't get loose. <laughs> wow. I was like, this guy does not know how strong he is. Hey, you guys paid the price. We paid man. the price that day. I'm like, oh my God, this dude. Oh, he, he's, he's special. He started laughing. I'm like, Reggie, I crazy. could not get loose. But that was Reggie White. I That's mean, just, just love him. Love him. But now, Jerome Brown, real quick. One thing about Buddy Ryan that I loved about him, he treated you like a man. And, you know, he was like, if you write a check, you better cash it. You know, you say something, <laughs> you know, you got to be able to stand behind it. So when guys would get in fight at practice or something like that, Buddy never broke it up. He, on his rule was, you get to fighting, uh, we finally pull you apart, next play in, you 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 still back in it. Because it takes some energy out of you when you get to fighting. <laughs> so that would cut down all the fighting. You ain't going to get in the fight, then go over there and drink for water for five minutes and recover. No, get your behind back in there. So... We're in practice, and, of course, we're going against the defense. They're dominating our offense. And Richie Kodite, Kodite ex-coach at the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and New York Jets, he's our offensive coordinator. He's tired of watching <laughs> Reggie and Jerome just dominate our offensive line, so he tells <laughs> them, you know, in practice, you don't cut your teammates. Right. You know, you, you keep everything. You blocks high. You don't hit nobody on their legs. Not in practice. And so – Kotite yells out, if they're going to keep coming that hard, I don't care if you cut them. You cut their legs out. Just oh, cut them. Shit. Jerome Brown overheard that. <laughs> and Jerome said, uh, "He cu- they cut me. I'm kicking yo. Kicking <laughs> <laughs> your oh, ass. You kicking your ass. <laughs> and so Rich Kotite, like who it. you can't talk to me like that. Buddy don't care. Coaches, you talk, you get out of line right. as a coach. Hey, you better stand up. You know, we're grown men. He wrote the check. You wrote the check. And so Jerome said something back to him, and then Richie went at him again, and Jerome was going to finish the cash, and that Jerome was about to take Richie Kotite out. I mean, you talking about Clyde Simmons, Seth Joyner, and Reggie had to jump on Jerome back to stop him from getting to Richie Kotite. He was about to whip him that day. Man, it's, it's, he, man, I was like, I was like, give me some popcorn. I want to watch this. <laughs> I tell you, Keith, I was surprised. And nobody got in trouble. <laughs> I was surprised to hear players and coaches talk to each other the way they do in the league. Yes. Because it didn't, definitely didn't happen like that in college. No, in high school, not sure. in high school Especially college. Not you guys right, play. right. Man, Ooh. that was it was unbelievable to You're see Ricky that. watching Dan Marino and, and, and Gary, Gary Stevens going, going at it, man. <laughs> that, was, that was like, oh, my goodness. I, that was oh, popcorn did. moments yes, right there. Yeah. That keep you awake in meetings right there, Seth. I bet it would. Yes, indeed. So, which is a great transition into, so was it 1993? 1993, I come yeah. to the Miami Dolphins. O.J. McDuffie, Ricky season in the NFL. You believe that, man? First <laughs> of all, I told you what a big fan I was of Keith Byers. 25 yeah. years ago? Yeah, I was a huge fan of Keith <laughs> Byers, man. And then, you know, playing at, at Penn State, I watched him with the Eagles all the time. You know, I used to watch those games. Like, that was, like, part of what we did every Sunday. Played on Saturday, we watched the Eagles on Sunday. And I just watched my man Keith running, man. Then, I'm, I'm a, you know, I get drafted by the Dolphins. And lo and behold, who comes and joins his boy, Keith? Yeah. Jackson, who was there the year before, right. but 
Keith Byers, man. Both of the cats from Philadelphia came, man. That was like a dream come true. No, oh, man, we was it was it was a dream come true. You know, like I said, outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, to get the opportunity to play for a legendary coach in Shula and the Miami Dolphins, who I grew up in the '70s watching the Dolphin football. <laughs> you know, Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris. You know, to be a part of that. You know, that was you know really special. And OJ, I'm not saying it because OJ's here, but OJ was him and Terry Kirby were great rookies. You know, uh, offensive weapons to have, and they were they didn't come in with any arrogance like I'm the hot shot rookie. They came in ready to learn and to be great. <laughs> I mean, and so when you see that, you're like, man, the future is bright. You know, when guys come in there and they get it right away. You know, OJ was number one, and Terry was second rounder too, right? Third round, third, third round, round. because uh, we got Irvin Fryer with the second round pick. That that's year. it. Yep. That's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, just a you know a special to watch these guys come in and grow, and you knew they were going to be bred for success because they was listening. They, you know, they asked all the right questions, went out and applied all the all the right information, and so you knew they was going to you know do do great things. You know, when they got the opportunity. Man. Now it's great that you witness that Keith but OJ and we had Terry uh, TK was in the tank and they talked about their first ever game of their rookie year it was a preseason game and how they nearly missed the team playing going to Atlanta right <laughs> yeah. that's how professional we were yeah yeah, yeah. so, so we're talking about the level of professionalism sitting around rolling heels messing around man we're like oh my god we gotta get to the airport <laughs> yeah. they said they got there as like they're getting ready to close the the doors on the plane and Ooh. they had to walk the mile down the, with all you veterans sitting there so do you remember that or were you even paying attention I, I, had to conf- I don't I forgot. Eyes I forgot were closed. That. You were ready to yes. go to sleep. Okay. Right. Keith was already in game mode, man. Plus, you know, being the veteran that he was, it's the first preseason game. He wasn't even hardly going to play. Yeah. No, I'm going to play yeah. two yeah. series yeah. and yeah. get out of there. So he's like, man, <laughs> man, I ain't got time for this. We, yeah. me, us rookies were nervous as hell, man. But but back to, you know, going coming into that locker room, I mean, it was so special for us. And the reason we listened, man, because the leadership was so solid already. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody leaves college. Terry left Virginia. He was a captain. I left Penn State. I was a captain. But you get into that locker room, you got all all these captains, you got Keith Byers, Keith Jackson, Dan Marino, Irvin Fryer, Mark Ingram. You know, you got all these guys in your locker room. Or Tony Martin, he wasn't necessarily captain at that point because he was still playing underneath those other guys. Even Duper was in camp when I first got there. So that first camp, man, I walked in that locker room. It's like, man, oh, man, this is unbelievable. Yeah. I bet. This is yeah. what I was yeah. dreaming of happening yeah. one of these days. Absolutely, it's, man. So. They're just, they were names on television to me. Right. And now it's reality. I'm in the same locker room. Oh, it was, man. And, you, of course, you had Richmond Webb and Keith Sims, and the team was stacked on that on the offensive yes, side. And were. we had a bunch of young guns on defense. We're another team, I think, that had a, the most solid roster that never achieved that ultimate goal at that point, man. Because I thought mm. that team was was that good. They, they lost an AFC Championship game the year before at home to Buffalo. So they thought that they'd get back there and continue to roll, man. But it, it didn't happen for us either. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Keith. A lot of regret with yeah, you. No, but, no, but you're right, but injuries. Injuries, Danny you right know. Away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who, who who foreseen, you know, Dan Marino, you know, blowing out Achilles tendon. Yeah, right. Nobody even hit him. Right. <laughs> you know, but that's how it happens. In Cleveland on the raggedy field. Yes. So speaking of Dan, and, you know, you played with Randall Cunningham, which uh, obviously uh, an exciting, dynamic player and really ahead of his time, I think, when you look where the league is now and, and the type of player that Randall was. Oh, I wish we was running RPOs with Randall. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Man. Can you imagine oh what gosh. that would be like yeah. in, in today's offense? But then you go – you come to Miami and you play with Dan. What was that like for a guy who played in the huddle, obviously was exceptionally involved in in offensive play calls, in getting the rock? Talk about the differences between Randall and Dan, personality and style. Well, that's a good question. You know, number one, I, I've been knowing Dan since I was in high school. You know, I visited University of Pittsburgh Dan's oh, okay. senior year. And, you know, Dan wow. was trying to get me to come to Pitt. And they had just won the Sugar Crazy Bowl. Crazy how the world is connected. You know, yeah, it's very small, yeah. And uh, my, fam- my father is from Pittsburgh. So everybody in my family were diehard Steeler fans except for me. I grew up. 
up a Cleveland Browns fan. <laughs> so not the first I, guy on this show to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> was, and um, so when I was getting recruited, you know, Pitt was one of my final choices, you know, to, to come out of college. So when I was my recruiting visit, I finally meet Dan Reno. I've been watching, you know, tear it up at the, with the Pitt Panthers. And uh, Danny was like, man, we need a running back, even though we have a running back here. But I'm like, yeah, I'm taking his job. Right. No, we weren't worried about anyone. Yeah, but guy. I'm like, and Dan. And Dan probably liked that. He <laughs> yes. likes a little confidence. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking his job. But Dan was like, I said, Dan, I love you, but I'm only going to be here one year with right. you. Then you're gone. I'm still three years without you. Plus, I want to go to Ohio State, but I, I you know, but I took the <laughs> Visit, you right? take the visit, so right? I, yeah, I got to know Dan pretty good, <laughs> and you know now I'm in, I'm a professional. You know, a few years later, and then a few more years. I get to come, you know, to the Miami Dolphins. And one of the first conversations I had with Dan, because I've been knowing him some years now, I said, Dan, I know how you are, you know, as a person, especially a football player on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> you, go, you, will, you will get into a receiver's face and everybody's <laughs> face right away. I'm not that guy. He said, Dan, you know, don't be yelling at me, especially on the, I mean, we can discuss things on the sideline, but not in the middle of the field. Don't do that to me. Dan was like, oh, Keith, man, you know how, man, I'm, I'm sorry right now. No. <laughs> oh, he's no. in advance? Yes. <laughs> I said, don't do that. He basically said, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I'm sorry now. Dan, don't do it. Don't do it. We didn't get think maybe the third game, and it happened. And it happened? And it happened. <laughs> and we and Richmond Webb and Keith Sims, their mouth was wide open. Me and Dan are going at it. Wow. Walking back to the huddle, because he, he handed me the ball, and I, I bounced it outside and maybe got three or four yards. He thought I should have stayed yeah. there to get five or seven yards. How'd that conversation go? Yeah, he, Stay in the hole. <laughs> Stay in the hole. Man, you just, you're there. I run the ball, you freaking throw it. <laughs> don't you, I don't tell you how to throw it, you're not going to tell me how to run it. And Keith Sims and Richmond Webb were like, oh my God, we never heard nobody yell back at Dan. Right, especially not in the, in the middle of the, in, the, right, in the huddle. No, <laughs> sir. Like, then we get to the sideline, we hugged it out, and okay, it never happened anymore. Oh, right. really? It One never time. happened anymore. One time. That's what you One have time. to do sometimes with Danny, man. If you let him, you let him talk to you like that. Just you know, back he means it all in the best possible way. Yeah. He's just a competitor, just a but competitor, you got to give it right? back to him. You got to let him know you're you a grown man too. Hey, hold on, man. But I was I was blessed in my career. I, my quote unquote worst quarterback. Starting quarterback that I played with in my 13 years in the league was Drew Bledsoe. Jeez. Is that? Man, that's not bad. Right <laughs> that's there. not bad. Yeah, so yeah, I played. That's the quarterback. And I went to the Super Bowl with well, him. I'm laughing because we had Marty Booker with us last week. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Drew God. Drew just spilled his water all over his nice shirt. Yeah. <laughs> now, Marty played receiver for 11 years, which is shocking when we went through this list, Keith, and we won't bore you because we don't have another 30 minutes. We spent 25 minutes going through the list of quarterbacks. Uh, his quarterback? 18 of them. 18 quarterbacks Ooh. in 11 18 years. 18 starting quarterbacks? 18 18 starting, starting quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. Ooh. Ooh. and not one of them. I, the best that he had, he was in his second year. His last year, it, he played for Atlanta, and he had Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan, who yeah. became a great quarterback. Well, no, he's still ain't great. Well, he's good. Well, okay. He's good. He's he out. The jury's out on that. He, 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 he's not he elite. became a Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, he, went to, he, did, yeah he went to a Super Bowl. So let's just so say he, that. Drew, he's a Drew Bledsoe category. But, but what so, I'm, yeah. No, but what I'm telling you, though, Keith, is the rest of this list. So when you say you had Randall Cunningham and Dan Marino. Vinny Testaverde and, and, and Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe. Man, Marty Booker is listening to yeah, this right he's now. He's still in his fingers. Oh, my gosh. Keith, this yes. unbelievable list. But, with, yeah. but now, you know, Randall, that's a whole different conversation, different kind of player. But when I get to Miami and I play with Dan Marino, and then I even said to this day, you know, I said Dan Marino is the most confident player or quarterback player that I ever played with. Yeah, I know? believe it. I said, yeah. you know, Dan would say, there is no defense for a perfect pass, and I can throw a perfect pass. Sure and I was like, yeah. Sure. 
And I've seen it yeah. lots of times, especially not just only in games, but in practice. You know, if Dan happened to throw an interception in practice and one of the few interceptions you would throw in a d- defensive back come spike the ball to damn fate and start getting pissed him <laughs> off. You know, no racism intended, but that Italian would come out of Dan <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and then you would see him go on a row. Oh, man. Eight, nine, ten in a row. Like, yeah, take that. You know, I don't care what kind of the coverage you got, Dan could fit it in there. And when then you watch him in the games, and then you know, I, I'm sitting there watching him fit balls in in tight quarters and I'm like the defensive back says I've been I got this receiver covered I know the ball's not coming the next thing the ball's in there Right and they like, him. yeah, because you if you play any other quarterback, yeah, the, the receiver is covered. But Dan is going to – It's Dan Marino. He's going right. to get it in there. And then yeah. I even – this is a few years ago. I was talking to Dan about uh, back shoulder throws. And Dan said, no, I don't like back yeah, throws. Yeah, we didn't do much throws. of that. He at said, all. Get, get, run yeah. me a route. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get open. open. And get open. You, otherwise, I'm going yeah. to the next guy. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you don't just not because you get used to they throw those back shoulder throws because they're locked in on that receiver no matter what. Right. So I'm gonna throw it back or I'm gonna lead him. But that's not really great quarterbacking, you know. It's not, <laughs> right. I, it's it, not great route running. It's not either. great route running either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, if I if I can't get separation, I don't deserve the ball. Yeah, you know, man. but Dan, you know, he could, he, I mean, it was just a joy, you know, to play with him. And, and uh, like I said, I was fortunate in my career. If I can play for Randall Cunningham, Ron, jo- I mean, well, I started Ron, Ron Jaworski. Yeah. Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham. What a list. Dan Marino, Drew Bledsoe, yeah. and Vinny Testaverde. Vinny. Yeah, so, hey, I, I was good. Well, we had, a, we had a little bad luck that, that first year with Danny getting hurt. We still went 9-2. and two. Yeah. Right, up to, you know, we went 9-2. and two. We got Scott Mitchell paid. We got Scott Mitchell paid. He's going to Detroit. <laughs> exactly right. But they, they got, got fool's gold there in Detroit. We, they, have, <laughs> we have to talk about the Leon Lett game, Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you. Yes. Have to talk about that. First of all, I mean, what a game, man. We're, we're sitting there 9-2, and two, best team in the league record-wise yes. at that point, and we're playing against Dallas on Thanksgiving. You said you grew up, you know, Browns and, and Dolphin fan, but we all watch Thanksgiving games. Oh, that was, playing that was the was only special. game. Them right. and the Detroit Lions. We're going right. to watch them the Cowboys and Lions playing. Right, right. Yeah. And so you, you break off a 77-yard The longest run in Dolphin history up until a couple years ago. Right. <laughs> when uh, who was uh, uh, Miller uh, broke Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller yeah, broke he Miller like broke. He broke 94, yeah. 95, whatever it was. Yeah. And so uh, I got I to gotta ask you, KB, it's a long run. And you're running away from people. In the At snow. What point, yeah, in the snow or the sleet, whatever. It was nasty. At what point did you decide you're going to do a snow angel once you got to the end zone? Well, that's at, at a Thursday morning. You already had I was it. wondering <laughs> Thursday about morning. Thursday morning, you know, was, I don't even, was snow even in the forecast? Side? I don't think so. I don't night. remember it being out there. Yeah, and it was the last time it, 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 it snowed on Thanksgiving. So and you just hoping before. for snow? We didn't think about snow. <laughs> well, you did. Well, because I'm all weather. You know, from Ohioans, we all weather players. That's okay. Right. You know, so I, when it was snowing outside, I went back to, you know, my childhood days because that's what we used to do. When it's snowing, hey, that's Dallas time to go out and imitate what we see in the NFL. <laughs> Let's go play some football in the snow. And so I'm like, Dad, this is my moment. You play some football, you know, in the snow. And the, and the worse the weather, the better it is for me. Right. You know, so I loved it. So I had said in my mind, if I score a touchdown today, I'm going to do a snow angel. <laughs> I'm going to do a snow angel. And so well, when I got that did. opportunity – you know, to break that 77-yarder off into the, you know, it got it in the end zone. You know, Irvin Fryer was coming to jump on me, and I made him miss, and he goes sliding in the <laughs> Like, wait a minute, you can mess up my snow angel. <laughs> what a game yes. that was. Yes. I mean, uh, that was the last game we won. That was the last game Dallas lost that year. And Remember we missed the, the playoffs after that. Yeah, again, a perfect storm of yeah. wrong. It, yeah. 
every tiebreaker that would have got us in the playoffs. Correct. You know, it just got down to like a fifth or sixth tiebreaker. That's why you didn't make it. Right. And not to uh, mention an overtime it, loss in the last game of the season. Yeah, just the Patriots. Help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was that was a rough season, man. I was talking to KB the other day too, Seth, about uh, him as a passer. You know, KB threw a lot of passes. Too, I threw man, a lot of passes. Career. And so I was like, I was asking. Him, I said, KB, you like a hundred percent? You you mean you are you a hundred percent throwing the rock? And you told me. Yes, yeah, I'm 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 a hundred percent on my completions. You know, the ones that are completed. So I'm six for six on touchdowns. <laughs> touchdown. But I also got an interception, wow. or I would throw it away <laughs> if, it, if it ain't a touchdown. You're not gonna get the pick. So every catch. pass you've ever completed, completed went for a touchdown. Was a touchdown. Was a touchdown. That's and it's only one. Player that has more touchdown passes, none. Non-quarterback that has more touchdown passes, man. That's Walter Payton. Walter Payton. I knew he. Walter it. Payton is the only one that has more touchdown KB, passes. KB, tell me about the interception. KB is like a PR guy here. Yeah. Man. He's got all the stats. <laughs> tell me, tell me about. Tell well, me about I do the have one. Uh, you know, I, I, I threw a wounded duck. I had a receiver open, but uh, back shoulder. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know, I, I, I decided I knew I really wasn't gonna ever be a quarterback when I got hit. You know, you get took him in the ribs. Got one in the rib cage. Yeah. I had a rib cage on it, and the, and the lineman hit me right when I right before I released it because the play was set up perfectly. And right before I got to go, he got he put a helmet right into my rib cage. Yeah, hanging in my there, head no hit joke. the back of the veteran stadium turf, oh, and man. somebody got a cheap interception after that. So I do got a pick on my resume. If somebody that happens got to the best. Still, still, got a lot of, still got a lot of completions. Yes, I got one to the other team. Yeah, one to the other team. All right. <laughs> it happens. Six touchdowns. Six I never touchdowns. Said, so Walter Payton's the only guy who yeah, did more. Walter has like maybe nine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good company. It is a good company. Good company to be in. Hi, this is Craig Mish from Swings and Mishes here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. Just in case you missed any of our podcasts in the past, here's what you missed. We have been um, extremely aggressive in, in trying to acquire additional uh, international dollars not just for, you know, uh, potential free agents with two first names. It's nice that that ownership is, is fully supportive and allowing us to, to, to do everything in our power um, to be um, the best team in, in, in this region, in the gateway to America, and, and, and for Miami to become a destination spot for, for all Latin players uh, because, you know, this is such an international city. Now, KB, I've also got a little beef with you. Um, after you left the Dolphins, you went to New England. Yes. And um, I, I, I'm pretty sure you took our playbook with you. Yes, I did. <laughs> I remember it's like about to check into a slant one time, and I look inside, and I hear four linebackers, maybe five or six, even the ones on the sideline, saying, watch the slant, watch the KB, did you give them our plays? Uh, guilty as charged, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> when, I got to, when I got to New England – of course, one of my first meetings were with Coach Belichick. Right. He's a defensive coordinator. And we played the Dolphins twice that year before the, the third game, you know, in, in the playoffs. And I was telling, you know, um, Belichick, Coach, they're not going to change their plays. I know all the hand signals, and they're going to do it. And he's like, I don't know. So we had this long conversation, and I'm breaking it down for him. And we played the Dolphins, and he, they didn't use very much of it. Right. You know, I was like, but I'm, I'm coach. I'm telling you now. I was getting in the second time. <laughs> we in practice. I'm telling you, I'm giving. And, and Ted Johnson, all those guys. It was Ted, they, I think. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they're like, we'll we'll listen to you. Right. We'll <laughs> we we we'll listen. <laughs> And low, and then even when the Dolphins would go to two minute offense at the end of the half, right. or then I'm yelling thing. out the plays and OJ's cursing me out. <laughs> KB, shut the play, can he play up? 
I'm like, it's DB, you know what's coming. He's running a comeback. Post. <laughs> Hitch. Yeah. Slant. Yeah. Christmas I, I think, Day or something. I, I, I remember think he's, that game. I think KB and Belichick, that's when that started. Because you think about it now, because <laughs> Belichick always picks up somebody yeah. from the team they're going to be playing. From the damn Dolphins. Or the Dolphins. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah. somebody gets cut. You seem like they're on a roster the next week. It's a team they're about Thanks, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, he started this whole, this whole trend. <laughs> and it, hey, so it's hard I to get wins in the league. I feel like we play them back-to-back weeks. Didn't we juice? Because we played, we like, played New England we, the last yeah, game of the yeah, season, right. and whoever won was going to get the host. host. Correct. And then we lost. We're both in the playoffs, right? And the reason I remember because it was like it was Christmas Eve or something was the game, right? Right. Or, or maybe the game was played like two days after Christmas. I got sent out to advance. I had to go, so I had to be <laughs> away from home and sitting in. Uh, I don't know where we stayed. Maybe Rhode Island or something crazy. But yeah, we lost we the last game Island. at home, mm. and then. We went in there and had that Because yeah, in our locker room, we was Keith. like, do you want to come back? You want to come to Miami two week in a row? You want to come up north and let the, let the warm weather team play you at home? Yeah, <laughs> shit. It made a lot of sense for you. Right. Yeah. So before we get there, well, we just got there, but I want to dial it back for a minute. And, and, and I know we've been laughing and, and remembering all the good times. And this isn't necessarily a good time, but I want to talk about it. Because there was a coach, your last year with the Dolphins, that uh, – I have a different I, I have a different opinion of than you and OJ do, and that's okay. We can all we we, we can be cool like that. Jimmy Johnson. Can we, can came we be over. cool like that? I hope the three of us can right, be cool we'll like try, that. Just we'll try. we have difference we'll try, of opinions we'll here. Try. <laughs> the, the whole mood in this damn room, folks, if you listen. The whole mood just shifted. But so Jimmy Johnson came in here and you and Jimmy did not see eye to eye. Did not see eye to eye. I think something's wrong with my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell it to you this way, Seth. I made comments after I left the Dolphins. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> and I say life is so good, I don't waste no time talking about him. Right. I really don't. Right. I, I don't. I, I don't even talk. I want to. I want to bring up his name. Right. Fair. Well, I brought it up. <laughs> you brought so it shame up. Shame on me. But here's why I bring. The life it up. is too good to me to waste time. He ain't that important to me. Well, this is where you shifted into <laughs> Thank the. You. This is where. <laughs> Agreed. I get it. I get it, guys. So this is where this is where it shifted <laughs> into my life. So you left, and I worked in PR. Right. And and you know it was a big deal when you left. I mean, you know, you obviously were uh, not only a great player, but a strong veteran presence in that locker room. Even though you're there a short period of time, you're one of the leaders on that team, and. All the media guys said to Harvey, we want to talk to Keith because Keith was here one day and he's gone the next. Let's talk to Keith. Yeah, I started there he, previous Sunday. And I, right. I, 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 yeah. You kidding me? He, he right. always talked to the media, the whole thing. So let's call, So so Harvey reaches out to you and says, hey, Keith, can we do a conference <laughs> call with you? And Keith says, sure. And I love Harvey. <laughs> I love Harvey. He says, yeah, I'll be glad to do it. So we set up. We used to have this old school little speaker box and we plugged it in. I'll never forget this shit because now the room, but we had this we had this media room and everybody <laughs> gathering around. We had this little ratty old speaker box and we set it up. We plugged it in and, and Harvey get hey, Hey, Keith, you there, guy? So Harvey puts it on speaker, and there's Keith on the phone. And the guy, hey, Keith, how you doing? And Keith just lets loose. Well, he just when, lets when I left loose. the facility the day before, he said to me, I'm going to be very positive. And I said to him, I'm going to be very truthful. And I walked out the door. Right. That's that's real. Well, and, that's real. That's, you know, Two grown yeah. men said, how are you right. going to handle the thing? Yeah. And so then Keith lets loose. And Harvey's face, Harvey just starts to literally almost shit himself because he, <laughs> he knows, was almost out of a job. Yeah, he's almost out <laughs> right, of a job. Right. And I, I'll never forget because I'm listening and Keith says, you know, he can't handle leaders. That's what I think you say he can't handle leaders in the locker room. It was right, something right. to that extent. I mean, I was, now I, was, I said free at last, free at last. 1996, right. I'm an intern. I'm 23-year-old intern just in there. And I'm like, holy, you know, like you guys talked about the way veteran players talk to coaches and you didn't believe, you know, so as me as a 23-year-old and I'm seeing this. <laughs> 
Harvey almost died that day. <laughs> he <laughs> almost killed died. Harvey, Keith. I know. I've, 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 I've asked Harvey for my forgiveness. I've apologized to him. We never but set up like, another press conference again, though, but you told us something. Yeah. I actually learned. You Harvey did that, 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 that pre-interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take a cold call. He said, yeah, well, he, that's what he said. He goes, and we've had issues like that afterwards. And he told media guys, I'm not setting it up. The guy's no longer on this team. It happened with me with Keith Byers, and I respect that's Keith. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lose my fucking job because I set up an interview with a guy who's not on his team and Harvey would go off. And so that changed the whole way the PR department handled things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's because the PR department is not always the truth department. That's public well, relations. Listen, we're getting paid. That's, we're getting you, paid you by gotta, the team. Yeah, absolutely. You, have, you, got a, you got a job to do. We're answering to, for the coach. Yeah, but Harvey so. tried to respect also his role and the responsibilities of what we are. The media needs to cover the team. And we did everything in our power to allow the media to cover the team, but not to the detriment of the team. You know, and so that was kind of our role. And uh, but, you know, he, he asked for you to and you because oblige. I've always been honest with the media. Yeah. So yeah. why would I start lying right. when I'm no longer part of the yeah, team? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, because I've had a good relationship like with the media because it's a two way street because most media guys, they, everybody wants a story. And I and I, I, I get their role. And, I you know, um, I said, if I'm going to be honest with you, I need you to be honest with me. You know, so don't take shots at me. Right. You know, if I fumble the football, report I fumble the football. Fumble the ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but don't be adding this extra stuff. You know, that that, that would piss me off. I think that's fair. And I remember the year before, I think 1994, uh, when the Indians went to the World Series, 94, 95, something like that. We talked yeah, we about went, that. Yeah, yeah. Like the trip we went, went, trip oh, we went on. Oh, you were on yeah. that point. Yeah. 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 KB yeah, Juice right. and Terry, Terry Kirby, Kirby. and Eric Green. And Eric Green. Yeah, yeah. that's when we're, TK asked Isaiah to borrow his plane. We, yeah, we asked to borrow the plane. We go up there, watch the game, and then the next day, Day, you know, mm-hmm. but two days later when it was in the paper, right. they talking about we were, you know, red eyed in the meeting room, and they, I'm like, wait a minute, you just hating because you didn't get to go to the game. Right. <laughs> we went on, on our day off. off. We went on our you, day off. We, we, on our day, I said, well, I don't care if we go to ten buck two. Right. As long as we back, back on practice, time, back nobody work. was late to work, and it didn't I'm help like, that that game went extra inning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, it was. Late and we didn't get very much sleep. Cold. But, it was cold out there. Well, like you guys said, I think what you had lost just before. So if you hadn't lost that game, then I don't think anyone would have cared. Right. Probably right. And not that one thing has anything to do with the other, but you know how people Yeah, Kosar played that game, as a matter of fact, and we lost, and he didn't want to go on the trip. Kosar was supposed to go on the trip with yeah, him. Yeah. He he oh, he guys. didn't go because he of that. Go. Yeah. Did not go. But, hey, it was but a this trip, is, I mean, in, 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 if I had the chance to do it all over again, I would do it all over oh, again. Oh, heck yeah. You don't get opportunities, opportunities like that, Yeah, man. come on. You don't pass I, that KB, up. I was telling them how we walked in the, in the, to the clubhouse. Now they're throwing the football around, playing, like, foosball yeah. and stuff. It was, like, so And they're down 2-0. They're two games zero. So relaxed in there, man. I couldn't believe Man. Yeah, that's a be a part of that atmosphere. Be like, we on the game, they're taking batting practice. We out on the field, like, man, yeah. Yes. It's a different yes. sport, man. We weren't ready for the weather, though. We went and bought a bunch of blankets. I heard that. Gift shop. I asked, yeah. Keith, I asked if you guys were all huddled under the same <laughs> blanket. <laughs> we're we're that's brothers. That's the story I'm telling. We're brothers. Yeah, that's cool. There's nothing wrong we're with it, but I, just, I would love that picture. Hey, look, hey, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the smallest guy there. When you got Terry Kirby, Keith Byers, and Eric Green. You would have been squished, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. Yeah, I was like getting a little bit of blanket, like little brother. Well, like a little but we, was, we had hot chocolate going that night, yeah. but the team won. Yeah. And we got to support Wayne and Terry. It was just an awesome, yeah, it was great, you know, experience. That's great. One of those once in a lifetime events. Yes. Right there for. Was so, the, there, so we got on the media a little bit that week. Like, yeah. hey man, y'all take him. Oh, you know, we were so all, we was yeah. upset. I was not talking. I, didn't, I wasn't talking. Not I'm talking like, y'all to him. I got nothing to say to you. Not talking to him. So, a precedent had been set, you know, well before that. So Harvey should have known better. You're telling me right. <laughs> it's not us. That's not a Harvey. <laughs> I, will, I will throw Harvey under the bus. Hey, well, no, you know but what? But he should know. He knew I was going to be honest. He knew that. 
Yeah, I think maybe he just didn't really know the extent of what was going on. He was too busy dealing with the Jimmy Danny <laughs> oh, stuff, I think. Lord. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was a whole different deal. Yes, it was. Hey, but he gave me my start, so you know yep. I'm going to leave it at So that. we don't got to talk about that guy. Well, we never did. We talked around, around him, it. so yeah, that yeah, was yeah. great. I talked yeah. about him. Y'all talked around him. That's yeah, great. So I, never bring his name up in my presence. <laughs> his life is too good. <laughs> right. Uh, it's too right, good. Right, no doubt. We played golf today. What a wonderful day of golf. <laughs> I can think about all the great other good things. <laughs> You know, and we're going to raise a bunch of money for charity tonight. Yes, right. we are. That's right. Yes, good we stuff. are. Well, good with, stuff. And man. with that, I know you said you still want to get in the shower and get cleaned up. Yes, for I the still got golf on me. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still got golf. We won't talk. I don't have any birdies on me. We, we, we won't talk about those next two years with the Patriots to the last year with the Jets, man. We're going. Well, yeah. I kind of felt when you started talking about how he gave all the signals away. I felt the way you felt when I mentioned Jimmy's name. That's how I felt when you started talking about you did that shit. So we're kind of even on that, and we could just go back to being good friends. but see. But I, I am a dolphin for life. You know, I, I, I was fortunate awesome. to play for four organizations, and I say this, you know, all the time. They like, man, which one was the best organization you played for? Not necessarily the best team. It was the best organization. So the best organization was Miami Dolphins. Awesome. Very. It cool. was, you know, because when you only know one organization, you have nothing to compare it to. You've per got se. perspective. And so when I left Philadelphia to come to the Dolphins, it was like, wow, oh my gosh, I didn't know how much of an internal battle that I was fighting in Philadelphia. I mean. It it was a us versus them mentality from the front office to the locker room. Hmm. It was you go up into the front office and they, it was just like EF Hutton, that old EF. Everybody get quiet. Oh, what is he doing here? What do you want? I'm like, well, can I get a PR calendar or something like that? I mean, what, yeah. you know, hey, don't even go into the equipment room. Right. You couldn't even walk in the equipment room. I mean, you know, I got some fair guy, I got some of my Eagles t shirts. I'm uh, how much do you want to go get We're gonna you know, payroll, deduction. payroll deduction. Yeah. For a T-shirt, right? Hey, my cousins, uh, right? <laughs> well, you were telling me Tony Eggles wasn't keeping track of what T-shirts. Bobby Monica, oh, Bobby Monica, Bobby yeah, Bobby Monica. Gotcha. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah so <laughs> Tony kept the tab now. <laughs> yeah, but it was just—it was more fam- It was much more, you know, a unity. Right. From right. the you know the front office to, and the, the locker room was all together on the same page. That's and, really cool to hear. You know, you, that's how you get success. And the Eagles have that now. It's different ownership. You know, they have that now in different times. But it, in, but Miami, they've always continued that. I mean, it was always a great working relationship. You know, with the players. In the front office, you know, players getting involved in charities in the, in the city. You know, they were there, they're there even now, always there to support you. If you doing your own charity in Philadelphia, you're on your own. Really? Really? Wow, yeah. We, yeah. Well, we definitely, I don't know yeah, they definitely have each other's back. Definitely have each other's back. But it's better now. Yeah. yeah but in those days. And so I, I was like, man, we deserve to win the Super Bowl here in Miami because it would be community. You know, the whole organization feels a part of it. And it, it was just special, you know, being in, you know, even now, I'm on, you know, post locker room, I'm in Miami Dolphins. And alumni, you're a dolphin for life. Yep, you're a dolphin for life, and it doesn't matter if you play for the dolphins, you know, one year or 15 years, we're all the same, you know, because we're part of the dolphin family. And so, I, I, you know, I got the utmost respect, you know, for the Miami Dolphin organization, and I always wish them, you know, nothing but the best. And so, if dolphins get in the Super Bowl, I'm gonna be I have my pom poms yeah, just cheer, really. yeah. go dolphins, just keep them damn signals to yourself, <laughs> yes, God damn. So, yes. hey, whatever it takes, man. Yes, yeah, I mean, listen, you were wearing the other colors. If I, if I'd have known this shit, I would have used it too. Yeah. I don't blame yeah, right. That's yeah. what you were supposed to do. Yeah, right. That's absolutely yeah, exactly. what you were supposed right. to do. But it doesn't make me feel any better about <laughs> no. it. So, but with all that being said, we greatly appreciate you spending some time. You could have been sleeping for the last hour. Yeah. You dove into the tank. 
We really appreciate it. I can man. take my life jacket off now. I, yeah. I'm not floating. Yeah. I'm yeah. floating. We'll get you some swimming lessons, man. Yeah. We'll get you some swimming lessons. I'm like Sir Nose. Oh, fuck. Parliament fucking Can't get the rhythm of the stroke. Never learn to swim or sing. Hey, Keith, thanks for diving in, man. Thanks for being being a part of it. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank.